good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. This is the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me on this Thursday, the human wet blanket, Levin Black. Hi, Levin. <laughs> Changing up your intro there, but much better mood today than uh, last week. That's for sure. Man, isn't it amazing <laughs> how much different we feel about this team now than we did seven days ago? It's like night and day. I'm in a better mood. I wouldn't say I necessarily feel different about the team but still put them in the same kind of category i did before you don't feel any different about this team after they put a beat down on the rams on monday night football told you last week i still saw a slimmer of hope for a super bowl still think it's a historic defense if the offense can be average it's still you just have the questions on whether or not the offense can be average this defense is so freaking Good. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to some of the issues on an offense, which the defense is so good. I feel like the offensive issues are kind of not getting as much attention as they would normally. Uh, we can get into that. Kyle Shanahan kind of talked about that a little bit yesterday during his, his uh, press conference. And we'll get into the Panthers game, which if there was ever a week where, you know, maybe the 49ers could have just a kind of relaxing blowout win, you would think that this would be one of those weeks. So we'll get into all of that. But I want to start with George Kittle. Um, Akash was tweeting out a lot of interesting things about him and his usage. And it's just sort of come up because he really has been sort of a non-factor in his last eight games. I think he's got like 220 yards in his last eight games. Just, you know, considering what he's getting paid and the talent that we know he has, it's just been sort of a disappointing performance from Kittle in terms of receiving yardage. What do you think the problem is? Kyle Shannon's usage of them. It's it's by design. Kittle does not have the opportunity. And most other offenses, even if they have blocking issues where they want to hold that tight end back, if you have a really, really good receiving tight end, they get put in the slot or they get put out wide or they're counted as the third wide receiver in a two tight end set, even though, you know, it's a two tight end set. You know what I mean? They're running a route. Definitely. Kyle's not doing that. Kittle is being left in the block quite a bit. That's what I thought. But apparently, not as much as we think. Akash tweeted out yesterday, George Kittle is blocking on 10% of his snaps. Now, just for context, Travis Kelsey is blocking on 2.6% of his snaps. But Kittle is not blocking as much as we think. He's running a route on 86.7% of snaps. And the issue seems to be that Jimmy Garoppolo is not throwing him the ball. His target percentage right now. And again, it's a small sample, but it's at 15.4%. Whereas in 2021, it was over 22% in 2020. It was at 28% and 2019. It was at 30%. So it's basically half as many targets as he was getting in 2019. I don't know what that means. Does that mean he's not getting open as much? Or does that mean he's still getting open and the quarterbacks aren't throwing in the ball? Uh, I think he's had a few that he's gotten open. But honestly, I have not heard or seen myself too many times that he has been open down the field. And he he has not had a single, like, down the field true opportunity. You know, he hasn't gotten a reception where he had space to run. All his receptions, I think, if I'm not mistaken, have come within, like, five yards of the line of scrimmage. That's why he's not even averaging 10 yards a catch. 
Whereas in years past, he's been averaging 10 yards per target. You know, he's been nine, I think 9.7, 9.8, up to 10.1 over the last four years per target, not even reception, uh, which is better than Kelsey, by the way. Uh, it, it's it's troubling. And like you said, how much of it is on Kittle and how much of it is on design and how much of it is on quarterback? That's the big question right now is where the blame lies. And depending on where the blame lies, what you do with Kittle in the future becomes a big question mark. Because two of those three, I would argue, if that is what the problem is, then it's going to be time to move on from Kittle sooner than we thought. And those two would be, if it is Kyle play, play design, if he's just not utilizing the tight end in the same way because things have changed, the wide receivers are actually really good now. So when Kittle was featured before, there wasn't really that good of wide receivers. So that could have changed Kyle. And he's now running more of the offense that he wants to run. If that's the case, then you don't need to pay a tight end what Kittle's being paid. As much as I love him, that's nothing personal. And the other one is, if it's just Kittle has diminished due to the injuries, well, then it's kind of the same scenario. The only one that you don't move on from is if it's the quarterback's fault, which is quite possible. It's probably a little bit of all of those things, right? And I think that maybe Kittle is, his targets are maybe the most tied to game script. Like if the 49ers get down multiple points, Kyle may say, look, we know we have to drop back and pass. Our line is banged up. We can't be sending Kittle on as many routes as maybe we would like because we need the additional help blocking because otherwise we have no shot to come back in this game. Um, so I think it's all of those things. I think Kittle had one his one of his catches Monday was a 20 yarder where basically, I mean, he wasn't he had like no space. He wasn't really separated from the defender. Jimmy made a damn good throw and stuck it right in there. Um, but it's just, it's so frustrating because we know what he can be. And we've seen the offense this year really struggle. I think they're averaging like 17 points per game and we're all sitting there like this guy can help, you know, and it just hasn't happened so far. And I think that's one of the reasons too, that you saw Kittle not be able to get his feet down in the back of the end zone at the end of that game. He just hasn't gotten the damn reps, you know, it's, it's just frustrating. Defense is definitely key on him more than they did. That leak out never works anymore yeah. because somebody is staying with him at all times. And he has been doubled uh, occasionally. You know, he's not doubled crazy amount, but he is doubled, which you don't see very often with tight ends. A lot of this is defenses are just going to key on him. I've said it before. Kittle is a great athlete, obviously, but in terms of route running, He's not on Kelsey's level. You know, Kelsey's a wide receiver when it comes to route running. Kittle, he he's an average route runner for a tight end. Now, he's dominant every, at, I would argue, every other aspect of the tight end position, which is why he's one of the best tight ends in the league. But in terms of actual route running, I think he's average for a tight end. And that means if he's going to get keyed on, it's going to be hard for him to get open. Because when you're average route runner, you're not going to get open as much as, you know, Kelsey can still beat defenses even when he's the key figure that everybody's watching for in the secondary. And like we said, he's blocking on, what was it, 2.5% of, I mean, he's a glorified. Yeah, yeah 10%. He's, so, yeah, it's it's not quite the same situation. Um, right. And so we'll see what happens. You know, Kyle said uh, yesterday in this press conference that, 
they want to get more Kittle targets, but they're also not really worried about it, and they think it'll take care of itself. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that, that kind of signifies that it might be a Kyle change, that he's running more of the offense that he wanted, and in the past he felt he had to get Kittle the ball because nobody else could do what he can do. Well, now with Debo and Ayuk and even Jennings, there isn't as much of a need to worry about definitely getting Kittle the ball because he's got to be the savior of the offense. Yeah, I really think Kyle looks at it like force feeding anybody the ball is stupid when we have so many good people and I'm smart enough to draw plays to where what I should do is just hit the defense where they're weakest. If that's tight end, great. Then we'll feed Kittle 20 times a game. But if it's not, he is not going to go out of his way to get Kittle those touches because he just, in his mind, and I, I understand that thinking, right? Like if you're weak in other areas, why am I going to try to go to you know fight you where you're stronger i want to fight you where you're weakest and so i get that and but i think the result of that is that george kittle is not putting up the numbers that we've seen from him i think there's a balance that needs to be there too you don't just ignore your best players you don't just run your system and say well the quarterback has to read the defense and find the guy i'm not going to try to get one guy the ball no the top offenses have a balance there they don't completely force feed only one guy the ball but they still try to get guys who are great with the ball in their hands more touches and that's Debo and Kittle Debo and Kittle should get some plays designed to just get them the ball Debo is getting that by the way that's what do you think all those wide receiver screens are <laughs> they could do a screen with Kittle the problem is they don't have Kittle to block for it which is the frustrating part yeah. but yeah I think the best coaches find a way to put their best players in a position to attack the defense where they are weakest and I don't know necessarily that Kyle does that um, but I mean, it is clear that Kyle still has trust issues with Jimmy Garoppolo and this offense. When they get in third and long, third and medium, they're going screen pass to Debo, like pretty much every time it feels like, or they're going to hit Debo on just a three yard pass. It's always going to be short of the sticks. And they're just going to say, if you can get it, great. And if not, we're going to punt. Like you can clearly see, especially I feel like once they get to like the 30, Kyle is not taking any downfield risks. He's not, he is totally happy to settle for a field goal. Yeah, let, let's be honest. Those uh, trust issues are well-founded. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love to see this offense be more aggressive. I don't know it's capable with who the quarterback is. You know what? There was an interesting conversation. I just chimed in one a little bit on it. I think it was between uh, Eric Crocker and Vish. Um, they were talking about Jared Goff and how can Jared Goff be doing so well and Jimmy not if Kyle's supposed to be so great, which wasn't them necessarily saying, well, Kyle's screwing up. They were wanting to legitimately like, I think it was Crocker, legitimately like, how can Goff be doing as well as he is you know what I mean? Why can't Kyle get that out of Jimmy? And what I chimed in with is, well, part of the difference is, is that Goff has had a lot of luck so far this season because he's had a lot of deep balls turn up roses and end up being caught. The problem is Jimmy just won't throw those. Goff <laughs> at least takes the chance. And so my argument would be Goff might be the better fit even for this offense just because he will at least take those opportunities and take those risks. The problem with Jimmy is he doesn't take those risks and yet he still has as many turnover worthy plays as any other quarterback in the league. So it's a really bad combo. 
Well, he takes risks. He just doesn't take the ones you're talking about. He takes about. risks late when he's under pressure. Late under pressure and usually shorter and in the middle of the field right. where all the people are. So there's literally more people available to intercept a pass if it's tipped or off target or whatever. When you're throwing deeper down the field, it's usually like your guy and a defender. It's a lot easier to avoid right. an interception when it, you do it, that. It is what it is. Like, I know I'm not sitting here trying to rag on Jimmy. It, honestly, at this point, it's kind of old hat and people are sick of it and I'm sick of doing that, but you also got to call a spade a spade. And that's what it is. Like it's hard for this offense to be dominating when the quarterback will not take the opportunities deep and they might not turn out. Well, they might lead to a turnover, but if you never take that shot, you do not have the same upside as other offenses period. Right. And that was the whole reason that they wanted to go with Trey Lance this year. But, like, there are some things that he does well. They get down to the one-and-a-half-yard line last week against the Rams. How do you not at least attempt one Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback sneak? No, you get within the two. It is QB sneak, QB sneak, however many times you can, even on fourth down. It's a safe play, and it usually works. That's You get one to two yards every time, period, when you QB sneak with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's really good at it. There's no excuse to be within the two and not be QB sneaking unless it's, like, already fourth down or something. And even like uh, I heard, I think it was Aikman say when they got down there, like, oh, the Rams were bunched up in the middle guarding mm-hmm. against the QB sneak. Do it anyway. They don't do that on fourth and inches when you QB sneak it. Right. Yeah. And like maybe the running back can push him into the end zone, whatever. Like, but to me, they're the Niners are really good at it. Jimmy Garoppolo is really good at it. And it's a safe play. You almost never turn the ball over on a quarterback sneak unless he tries to reach out and then the right. ball gets knocked away. Like the fact that they didn't even try it really was a head scratcher for me. But the worst thing was the decision to kick the field goal on fourth down. Are you with me on that one? I know you weren't with me last week on some of the stuff or two weeks ago. Were you with me on that one? More with you on that one. I'm not totally. That was the dumbest decision ever. Uh, You probably are. Yep. (laughs) But I would have personally gone for it. But I also understand getting the bigger lead at that point with the way the offense was going if the field goal had made it a two score game i could have understood it because to me that's the whole goal get this defense a two score lead and i feel really damn good but the fact that the field goal only made it an eight point game it didn't make sense to me you're still just a blown coverage away a deep BS pass interference penalty away from them having a shot, a Jimmy Garoppolo interception away from the other team having a shot. You have to get up two scores so you can guard against that stuff. And even if you didn't get it, they still would have had to go all the way down the field to score any points. And they clearly could not do that against this defense. To me, I thought it was like if there was ever a situation where Kyle Shanahan could just unclench his butt cheeks for a little (laughs) and go for it. You're on a one and a half yard line, man. Even if the worst happens and you get stopped and they go all the way down the field and score, you still had a whole quarter left. Right. You don't know what's going to happen. The quarterback could run out of the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, But that's a true thing though, right? They could have turned it over and the Niners could have got a safety on the next play. Anyway, to me, there was so little risk in going for it and so much reward potentially available. To me, it was a no brainer. And it just illustrated for me perfectly that Kyle Shanahan will never do it ever. It's just not in his DNA. 
I think a lot of it has to do, honestly, with, and Kyle has said this, that he, he adjusts and whether or not he goes for it, it's a, it's how he feels in the moment and whether or not he thinks he has the advantage and all that. I don't think he ever thinks he has the advantage right now with Jimmy. It, it, like I said, it is what it is. He doesn't trust Jimmy at all. Now, you know, one, one yard line. Yeah, I agree with him going for it. The The only point, the only hesitation I have, and like I said, one yard line's a different scenario, but say it was like fourth and three from the 40 yard line. Oh, I, would... I have a hard time being aggressive with an offense that sucks. You know, but that's I mean? why I, I think, think you, should... you adjust the analytics. Yes, I understand the analytics and I'm much closer to being analytical than I am the whatever you want to call it the other way. You know, go with your gut type crap. Um, but I do think you should adjust in some scenarios for what your team is. If you have a really good offense, be aggressive as hell. Go for it every time. If you have a really bad offense, especially if they're really bad in that game and it's later in the game, yeah, you should probably not go for that fourth and three, fourth and four, because they're not going to get it. Oh, see, I disagree. I think if you have a bad offense, you should go for it more because you don't know if you're ever going to be back in that part of the field again. If you have a good offense, of course, it's a no-brainer. You should go for it because your offense is really good. But your plan on defense is to stop them anyway, right? Whether you punt or whether you go for it and don't get it. You're counting on your defense to stop them anyway. So why not at least give yourselves a chance to get the first down or, or in the case we're talking about the touchdown, instead of just eliminating that chance altogether. If you're already planning on your defense, stopping them to me, that's what I didn't understand. And, and it's, this is what I worry about because the offense is not scoring. All these games are going to be close games. And I feel like Kyle is taking away chances for this team to score. And that's how you lose close games to me. I don't disagree. And you know, while, while we're on the topic, it just had a th- and I don't think I'm wrong on this. I had not thought of this or realized this. Has Kyle challenged a single call this year? I don't think he has. Yes, I think he did has. He? And he, I think he's won all of his challenges. What did he challenge? I cannot remember a single time he threw the challenge flag. There have been reviews because it was touchdown or turnover, but I can't remember him throwing the red flag at all. Could have sworn. Which, going four games without throwing the red flag would be pretty noteworthy. He has challenged he has challenged one thing. Sorry, it has the record there, which is I don't know why I need that in the challenge section, but he has challenged one thing and he was successful. I can't remember what it was. I think it was like week one, though. I it it must have been in the monsoon or something. It hasn't really come up that much, which is just weird. Yeah. There hasn't been like a critical moment. You know what I mean? Because even 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 the things that have happened, like Kittle's probably the most critical review for the 49ers for either team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there hasn't been a late game or last second of the first half or something, you know, that got ended up being reviewed. It's been kind of a weird stress-free season in terms of that. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, cause I think part of it is this defense is so damn good. There's never like, it's almost never a question, right? Like we had the review at the end of the Rams game, the Stafford play, was it a fumble or an incomplete pass? But even that, you looked at that review for one second, you immediately saw it was clearly a fumble. This defense is just basically leaving no doubt. You know, I saw a great stat and this blew me away. The 49ers defense is forcing three and outs, not stops three and outs 
on 41% of their drives. The league average, do you want to take a guess what the league average is? 29%. 19.8. So they are basically double, twice as good as the rest of the league. At They're better than double. Outs. Yeah, better than double. I mean, I was, you know, just sort of making the numbers a little more friendly. But yeah, technically they are better than double. That's how ridiculously good this defense is. It has a chance to be one of the best defenses we've seen in the last five, ten years. And guess what? They play the worst offense in the league right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall for the offensive meetings this week in Carolina when they're reviewing film of right? the 49ers going, what the f*** are we going to do about that? <laughs> How do we attack this? There's nothing we can do. I've honestly thought of that. Like, what what is Baker Mayfield thinking right now? Like, just so people can understand. Baker is 31st in completion percentage, 27th in yards per attempt, 28th in yards per game, 30th in quarterback ranking, and 31st in QBR. What the hell is going through Baker Mayfield's head? And oh, by the way, he knows number 97 is across the line of scrimmage and he's going to be coming at him all day long. I can't imagine what this week of preparation is like for Baker Mayfield. Uh, honestly, my personal opinion of, of Baker, uh, I'm guessing he's blaming everybody else. Just seems like the type <laughs> of guy. I'm not a big fan at all. I think he has a massive ego. He he thinks he's so much better than he is. I like Baker Mayfield, but only because he's not my quarterback. Like to me, he makes he's interesting. I like his personality. I like that he's not a robot. He would probably drive me nuts if he was quarterbacking my team. But as long as he's with somebody else, I'm like, great. Maybe Baker will say something or do something or trash talk, like whatever. But yeah, I'm glad he's not under center for the Niners. There's a difference between being entertaining and liking somebody. He comes off very much as a jerk, in my opinion. But this is somebody I've never met. So it's just you're judging it based off, you know, on the field, the little bit you hear here and there, like. I would say up until the end of his career, I would have been dead wrong on Philip Rivers because boy, did he seem like a jerk on the field, especially <laughs> early in his career, the way he trash talked. Oh, and, he was like, and all yeah. that stuff. But by all reports, he's like the most laid back, nicest guy off the field. I love, I used to love hearing the Philip Rivers, like NFL film stuff. Cause you never knew what the hell was going to come out of his mouth. Um, but getting back to the Panthers, they have scored a touchdown on 13% of their drives. That is tied with the Steelers for the lowest rate in the league so you've got a weak offense going up against this defense i mean the 49ers haven't given up a touchdown in the first half all year you think that streak's coming to an end this this week you know that, that's it shouldn't but all it takes is one play so it's hard, a hard, a hard thing for me to want to predict you know what i mean like it takes one play they absolutely shouldn't there should be no touchdowns in this game for carolina this should be a game this game has as much of a chance in pregame to, to be uh to predict that it's going to be a shutout as any game probably in the last 10 years because it is an absolutely dominating defense at the top of their game that could be historically good playing an offense that's the worst in the league and playing horrendously bad right now and oh by the way McCaffrey is banged up and these are the games where you fatten up the resume a little bit and not that Nick Bosa needs those games because he's coming off a game against the Rams where he had four pressures just by himself 
and a couple of sacks. I think he had five quarterback hits. So he's already doing that. But this is a game. And remember, last time Nick Bosa played the Panthers, he also had an incredible game, had an interception, almost returned it for a pick six in 2019. But this is a game where he can really make a push. He's he's clearly in the defensive player of the year discussion. This is a game where he could really kind of maybe try and stretch his legs a little bit because, I mean, the, the Panthers are terrible. Uh, yeah, they really are. <laughs> they have been terrible to this point. It, all the writing on the wall of Matt Rule being the first coach out the door. Uh, put it that way. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he's fired at any point now in this season. Still a little early, but I wouldn't be shocked. Like, what he's saying in press conferences is bad, and the way they're coaching, certainly this team does not seem to play want to play for him. And you got an offense that has some new pieces that aren't that great, meaning Baker Mayfield. And like, look what like what Robbie Anderson said. I'm trying to remember what he said in the preseason. I remember it was a big he deal. Said, no, there were rumors. Oh, that's right. That when that's the Baker right. Mayfield rumors came out to Carolina, he commented on like a social media post, and it was just no. And it's like, yeah, Robbie was right. Yeah. So I I think that is a very probably fractured locker room. It certainly seems like a team that's about to go through a rebuild because Christian McCaffrey's no longer in his prime you can tell he's just not quite the same guy and that team just they don't have the pieces to turn it around with one you know they could go get a a good quarterback that's not going to be enough it's a shame that their backup's not healthy wouldn't it be great to face sam darnold in this game (laughs) like there's just no hope there in carolina they have run four plays inside the opponent's 10-yard line the whole year four that's the fewest in the league. They're averaging 4.8 red zone plays per game. That's the fewest in the league. Like it is bottom of the barrel stuff here. And they don't even have the benefit of an early body clock game for the 49ers. Did you notice this, Levin? I didn't notice it until Akash pointed it out on the instant react. The game starts at 1 p.m. Pacific time, even though it's on the East Coast. I don't know why, but I'm grateful for that too. Uh, I did know that, but that's because I was in that instant reacts with you in a cush. Well, I'm, what I meant was, I know <laughs> you jerk. I meant, did you know it before he said it? No, Ask. I did not realize that. Uh, but you want to hear the weirdest uh, stat and it's, I find it more depressing than anything else. Always. Carolina is, you know, the worst offense in the league right now, which is by yards, but they've actually outscored the 49ers on the season. Wow, but did they get like pick sixes or something? Is that what uh, where it comes from? There's only two defenses that have two touchdowns this season. I don't know if if their defense is one of them, but it's only two touchdowns even if. But they've they've outscored the Niners by seven points. Wow, yeah, isn't that weird? That's like like I said, that's more depressing than anything else. Carolina's actually middle of the pack when it comes to points. Somehow it seems like if they get moving then they score points. It's just that they have so many drives that don't do a single thing. I mean, they're one and three on the year. Their only victory came against the Saints. They scored 24 against Cleveland in week one, 16 against the Giants in week two, 22 against the Saints in a win, and 16 against the Cardinals in a loss. So all signs point to the 49ers being able to win this game. It just comes down to the turnovers. If they, if the Niners turn it over, they can lose to anybody. 
and they can turn it over with the best of them, as we have seen. Fumbles, interceptions, bad snaps. We've seen it all. Ray Ray McLeod had a, a fumble that it would have been huge if it was recovered by the Rams. It's he's coming. not going to. He's it's not getting coming. any heat for that. That's all that guy does is fumble. That's all <laughs> Ray Ray McLeod does. He you is- know, you you do a show with Michelle and I, and both of you know, I live in Pittsburgh. She's obviously a Steelers fan. Lived in Pittsburgh up until a year ago. Like we knew, we were both w- sounding the alarm. Like why this guy fumbles all the time? The number one thing you can't have in a returner, <laughs> which is weird to me, because Kyle Shanahan is on record as saying. The only thing he wants out of his special team is to protect the ball and get it back for his offense. So the big return ace that they go out and sign is the guy that all he does is fumble. Like, do they not read a stat sheet on him? I cannot understand this. It is what it is. He's had two fumbles in the last two weeks and both happened to go right back to the 49ers. I think one bounced right back into his own arms. And then this week, I forget who recovered it. Somebody saved him. Marlon Mack. You're right. Was Marlon Mack? It, it is what it is. It's coming. There will be a lost fumble on a return. And I do not understand it. I don't think even when he holds on to the ball, his returns are that spectacular, to be honest with you. Every time there's a kickoff, I pray to God it goes in the end zone. And every time there's a punt, I just want him to throw that hand up in the sky because, yeah, I'm terrified of it. Because that... I literally, when I watch returns, every time he's getting hit, I'm going, I'm literally watching the ball. Yeah. When he's returning. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I literally watch the ball every time when he's returning, which he, he hasn't been terrible this season. But some of that is luck. Like we said, the fumbles have bounced back. If he had lost two fumbles at this point, you think anybody would be talking about him being good? And those are the crushers, the special teams yeah. ones, because those almost always set the other team up to score points right. immediately. And you and then you feel like with the way this defense is playing, that's the only way the other team is going to get points. Yeah, he had two fumbles in 2018, three in 2019, two in 2020, four in 2021, and he already has two this year. It, you got to fix that, man. And if he can't fix it, he shouldn't have the job, even if he is a really good returner, the other times. Honestly, he's not. He's a good returner. He's not Josh Cribbs or something like that. You know, Right. He's no not... Devin Hester back there. Right. He's good at returning. Uh, he's just, he, he's not great at it. He's very good at it. But then he fumbles a ton, which means, yeah, you got to be a crazy good difference maker, all-timer returner if you're going to be fumbling. How do you justify... Like Kyle keeps throwing Ray Ray back out there who has a history of fumbling and has fumbled with the 49ers yet. Kyle trusts him enough to keep throwing him out there, but he doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to actually throw down the field on third and seven or go for it on fourth down. Like if you would think if, if Kyle was going to be like really tight with his trust tree that he wouldn't trust anybody, but yet that doesn't seem to be the case. Honestly, I don't think Kyle does a whole lot with special teams. I would not be surprised if he says, you you know, you guys figure it out. Okay, but like when there's a problem, it's on you to address it. You can't just be like, oh, well, that's not my area. It it hasn't been a problem yet. I mean, to me, it's just the fact that they're fumbling at all makes it a problem. But we got very, very lucky in that one. But, man, it is so satisfying to beat the Rams. And I get like, (laughs) yeah, they're having issues, whatever. They've had some offensive line issues, whatever. So did we. We had just as many offensive line issues as the Rams. So I don't want to hear about that. But, man, just beating them. 
just makes me feel good. It makes, gives me the warm and fuzzies. What are they now? Seven and one in their last eight against them. That's fantastic. They've beaten them seven straight times in the regular season. Yep. And Kyle is, is eight beautiful. and three against them in the regular season mm-hmm. in his tenure. He's always owned them. Yep. And, you know, it certainly is just a cherry on top. The Jalen Ramsey is the one that missed that tackle on Devo. <laughs> and the amount of trash that the 49ers have been talking about that both during the game mm-hmm. and after. Did you see the video of Mike McGlinchey on that play? No. On that play, McGlinchey goes right up to Jalen Ramsey and is in his face, in his ear, pointing to Debo in the end zone and pointing to the scoreboard. Mike I mean, he McGlinchey. did get into it with Ayuk in addition to, you know, he's always a big-time talker, so I'm sure he talked crazy after they beat him in the playoffs last year. Probably. And Kyle and Akash said he they thought that they kind of went at Ramsey intentionally to try and get in his head and kind of throw him off his game a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. Ramsey... He's really good, but he's also overrated. He does give up plays. You see other lockdown corners never give up plays. He does give up he some does. plays. He does give up some plays. Which everybody does. I mean, like, nobody, not everybody is Revis or Dion. Right. you know? Like, even the really good corners are going to give up some plays. The problem is, like, he likes to talk a lot of trash, so then you remember the plays he does give up because of all the trash he talked. Yeah, but, I mean, like, Sherman talked, and Sherman backed it up. Sherman, I think, is better than... Well, Ramsey is. I don't feel like Ramsey. I think a lot of it is reputation than actual results. And then after the game, Debo is coming out with videos on social media. He's posting all sorts of stuff like he didn't stop. (laughs) And, you know, like I could see people getting frustrated, but I kind of like that this team has got some swag. I think the 49ers. I think they're pissed that they lost to the Rams of all teams in the playoffs. Yeah, but like you got to get up like this for every game. You can't come out flat this week because you think you're going to kill the Panthers and all week you're going to hear about how good you are and how bad the Panthers are. Like you, you still got to show up and handle your business. And that's exactly yeah. what this week is. It's a I will handle say it's your business short week. week. East coast. Not, not exactly. Even though it's not an early start, yeah. it is still a long flight. So uh, yeah, don't, don't use that as an excuse. You, you have to win this game, win this game and win the next game and go into that chief showdown four and two. That is exactly what you're hoping for. The Niners are going to do the East coast stay at the Greenbrier that they've done in recent history. They are seven and one overall in back-to-back Eastern or central time zone games since the start of 2019, which is basically when they started staying on the East coast between these games. And they're four and O in the second leg of those trips. So that's pretty damn good. Yeah, the Greenbrier has been uh, friendly to them. And the Greenbrier is about four hours for me. I remember last year I looked it up. I told my wife, maybe I'll go down there for just a day or something, you know? And no, it was like 250 a night plus. And oh, yeah, it's a swanky place. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, something not worth it to me. Like, I'm, I'm not justifying that kind of money. Do it for the pod, man. What the hell? Fox Media is plenty big enough that if they want that, they can pony it up. You're so selfish. <laughs> God. Why aren't you driving in your car for four hours, going down to the Greenbrier, getting us some exclusive audio and video? Because uh, I'm not paid to do it. Sleep in your car. <laughs> there probably are a lot cheaper places pretty dang close. But it's also probably the type of place you can't get in unless 
you actually have a reservation. And I wonder, like, do they, do the 49ers kind of have their run of the place when they're there? I mean, if Jed wanted to, he could, he could buy out the whole place. I'm sure the money is not an issue, but like, I don't, I don't think know. So. No, that'd be weird. You just There's like a going... lot of rooms in that place. It is a very big place. Going to the gym in your hotel and you look over and George Kittle's on the treadmill just like covered in sweat at like 630 in the morning. Some weird thing like that. That'd be a little weird to just be in a hotel with the Niners. Yeah. I mean, if they ever do the Youngstown thing again, I'll probably go there. That's only an hour away. And boy, you could find some deals in Youngstown. (laughs) (laughs) Which 49er would you not want to be next to in terms of like sharing a a wall? That's a good one. I'm thinking it might be Kinlaw. That, that's the one that's popping in my head because I sure as heck's not going to go bang on his door and tell him, hey. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> if, there's, here. <laughs> if there's some sort of problem, what the hell are you going to do about it? Like, I, I don't know. You might hear like squirrels squeaking in the other room as they're getting butchered. I, I don't know. But yeah, I don't I don't know who. Debo, I could see being somebody that blasts music. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think there's a clearly obvious one. I think probably the one I would definitely want to room next to would be either Jimmy or Bosa because both of them seem to be very quiet people. I'm not sure, though. I mean, Jimmy's going out with porn stars. You never know what goes (laughs) on in that Garoppolo room. I think I would pick Trey Lance, to be honest with you. One, Mm. he's probably not going to be going out too much. He's got the busted ankle. He seems like a pretty chill guy. I think I might go with Trey just because you're not going to have any problems. You know, the, the answer to who you wouldn't want to be next to might be John Lynch. Because, boy, we, we've seen some things from him. <laughs> John likes to party. I think we've seen Although, that. I think you're, he's somebody you might knock on the door and be able to be invited in. Right. John would invite you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Especially if he's had a couple. Like, the, the perfect scenario is John's had a couple, and then he, like, passes you in the hallway. And then I feel like he would invite you to whatever he's got going on. <laughs> That's really how you get in that door. Yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to think about that more. But before we go, I do have some uh, very interesting, bigger picture things for the offense that I want to get out there that I think you you might be find interesting as well as in our listeners. And I'm going to start it with a trivia question. Ooh, I do like me some trivia. How many teams have won the Super Bowl with an offense that was outside of the top 20 in points scored? Man, well, I think probably early in the history of the Super Bowl, you had some outside of the top 20. I'll say five. Zero. None? None. And where are the 49ers right now? They're 27th. Oh, my God. That's the whole point. Like, the offense has to improve if they want any shot. Even... You know, the 2000 Ravens, they were 14th in points scored. Now, their defense scored a ton of touchdowns that year, if I'm not mistaken. Certainly got a lot of turnovers. The The Bucks team that we hear referenced, 2002, they were 18th. Actually, the worst offense to win a Super Bowl? Take a guess at that one. Ever in the history of the NFL? In terms of rank in that year, which I think helps adjust for eras. Obviously, it was lower scoring back in the day. Well, like the 72 Dolphins had their backup quarterback. They were number one in offense that year. They were? They were number one in offense and defense that year. Okay. I was way off. Um, Jeez, the worst offense to ever win a Super Bowl. I don't know. Who is it? More recent. Really? Uh, The Giants with Eli Manning? 
That's a good guess. That probably would have been my guess. It's actually the 2008 Steelers. They were 20th. They're the only ones right get to the 20th. But their defense uh, was disgustingly good that year. I think they right. allowed like less than four yards of play. Right. There's only a handful, a handful that are outside of the top 15. So then your question is, or the question is, can the 49ers just elevate a little bit to get to that threshold? Are they going to be tall enough to ride the bumper cars? Right. It is early. Like if they score, I think, I think if they were an extra 10 points on the year, yeah, 10 points would get them into seventh, 17th on the year. You know, it's early. So it's yeah, one touchdown, one drive would change their ranking quite a bit. But the whole point is, is you cannot win a Super Bowl with the way the offense has played to the point in this season. So they absolutely do have to improve. And even last week's game probably wasn't good enough because, you know, they, they scored essentially 17 points because there was a defensive touchdown there. See, another reason why Kyle Shanahan's got to go for it more on fourth down. They need to keep possession of the ball. It all goes back to my my priors, basically, is what I'm saying. By the way, there's only been uh, one team in the last 13 years that has won the Super Bowl that was outside of the top 10. Which would top be that ten? Yeah, one team in thirteen years. That would be that Broncos team I was mentioning last week. The Peyton Two, Manning. Yeah, the Peyton Manning was toast, and yet they still somehow won it with Von Miller, basically going crazy yeah. in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you and know, the year that they had more interceptions and touchdowns. Uh, I think they were eighteenth. That was the no fly zone. See, the, the defense needs a nickname. Damn it, it's gotta happen. Yeah, We've it been- does. We've been getting suggestions. I haven't seen one I really liked, and I have not. I haven't gotten a ton of time to sit there and just ponder it. But I have not come up with a great one that I even want to throw out there yet. At Doug Beard thirteen on Twitter says sack Francisco. I feel like that's kind of low hanging fruit. Uh, let's see. This is Hi Fi Nove. Oh, I see. I don't know what this handle is. Hi Fi Novation said Mame Game. Mame gang, which is too hard to say, but I do like yeah. the uh, the potential there. Somebody suggested, and I can't find the name right now, and I apologize. Fort Knox, K N O C K S. That was the best one I saw. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like it because it's not like specific. it doesn't say gold in it, but yes, it references yes. it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I think that's pretty good. Uh, but keep those suggestions coming, please. Leave them in your reviews on iTunes. Oh, we haven't had. Uh, a new review in a little while. So please help us out there. Cause that's helping us get our star rating up, which really, really does help with visibility and all that stuff. Um, those are some interesting numbers. Levin. Was that all of them or did you have more? No, it was pretty much just the offense has to get better that, you know, one team in the last 13 years, I think that's the one that I liked the most one yeah. team in the last 13 years has been outside of the top 10 as an offense in terms of scoring, which I think shows how the league has changed. So Jimmy changed to where defense doesn't win championships. Offense does. Right. They've tilted all the rules to set that scenario up. Jimmy Garoppolo says, you know, his arm is essentially getting back into shape. I think he looked better last week than he did the week before. Do you think that just Jimmy getting essentially more reps will help the offense get to that point? Uh, God, that's something I really don't want to say one way or the other. I, I don't think so, in all honesty. If I had to pick, the reason why I don't want to pick is because it's depressing to think it's not. <laughs> but no, 
Uh, still saw the same Jimmy even this past week. He's, he's getting a lot of uh, praise, and he was certainly a lot better than his first start, but still wasn't wasn't great. And, you know, I, I made the point in the instant reacts. It's a game of inches. That Debo touchdown, mm-hmm. if it's two inches lower, it's a pick six. Like, how many times is that pass going to be lower and ends up being a pick six? Okay, so if that's not going to generate the improvement that we're going to need, do you think the return of Trent Williams and Elijah Mitchell later in the year will help get the 49ers up to that point? Because, I mean, they lost Mitchell almost immediately this year. I I think that's what's missing. The run game has not been dominant. I, I don't think this team has been able to run when they truly have to. They've gotten some gash plays. They've they found some success, but like I said on the instant reacts, they came out passing in this game. And then they ran. It has never been the MO. It has always been come out running and then go to the pass. You know, the run to set up the pass. And in this game, it was pass to set up the run. That's why they were in shotgun all so much. And that, I think, tells you everything. This team cannot run right now. One thing I I meant to bring up, and I don't think I brought it up on the instant reacts. On that Debo Samuel play, you know, I watch these games and I really like to listen to the announcers because the announcers have the production meeting with the team Mm -hmm. during the week. And they really do get good stuff because there's no media in those meetings. Everybody can sort of speak openly and honestly. And there's sort of like a tacit agreement like, you can talk about this stuff, but you can't reveal who said it or you can't make it seem like we told you explicitly. Make it seem like it was your idea kind of a thing. Well, if we say something stupid, don't go spouting it off. Right. Yes, that's all part of it. So if you listen closely, you can hear some really interesting nuggets and I think get some information that you might normally get. And on that Debo play, right before Aikman is saying that Kyle Shanahan really doubts that he has the running backs that he needs to run the ball the way he wants to run the ball. And I thought that was fascinating in terms of why isn't Mason getting touches on the field? Why is he sticking with Jeff Wilson Jr.? I just thought that was such a fascinating comment, and I want to know more. Like, what is it that you're missing, Kyle, and what is it that you want to do that you can't do? At the same time, it's almost Kyle's fault. Because if Jeff Wilson is not somebody you feel like you can run the ball the way you want, why is he on the team? Like, you know what he is at this point. And I think Jeff Wilson's been decent. He's been exactly what I expected. He's not going to be really down and, you know, run into the back of his linemen. I think he follows his blocks decently well. He's just not a star. He doesn't have that extra to turn it into a huge play. And the other guys, I just don't think they have the ball carrier vision at this point. Now, TDP, we don't, we didn't get to see enough of him. He yeah. might not have the speed, the quickness needed to do the outside running that Kyle wants. I We don't know that yet. But I, I think it's just Eli Mitchell's the only guy that has the initial quickness, speed to get on the outside runs. And most of the time, I think he still has some ball carrier vision issues, at least did last year. But most of the time, he makes the right cut at the right time. And, and you, that's everything in this offense. And you would think he'd be better at it just having a year right. of experience under his belt. I'm sure he's been studying the tape and seeing like, oh, yeah, I did miss that hole or I should have cut here. Like, all oh, that stuff factors in, too. So hopefully getting him back will help. But, you know, you can't assume everybody else is going to stay healthy 
until Elijah Mitchell comes back. We don't know, you know, who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. But they the offense has to improve. They've got a couple of get-right games coming up. They got also lucky, too, that Cordero Patterson's going on injured reserve, so he's not going to be there when they play the Falcons in a couple of weeks. So things are lining up right now for San Francisco to get right, to straighten things out, and hopefully we could be in a spot where when they play the Chiefs, like, we're I don't want to say all systems go, but we're sort of up and running there and, and going to be able to give Kansas City our best shot. Yeah, and hopefully Trent Williams is back by then. I think yes. that would be a big thing. I don't look forward to all the Super Bowl 54 memories they're going to get dredged up that week. But, hey, that's that's a couple of weeks from now. That's actually on my wife and son's birthday, October 23rd. They have the same birthday, and I'm going to be working. How do you think that's going to go over in my house? I would hope she knows the drill by now. Well, yeah, that's true. And my son, was he's happy as a pig and shit because he gets to watch football on his birthday, so he's good. <laughs> so it's really just your wife. Yeah. So sorry, honey. I'm going to be down in my basement for, you know, 12 to 15 hours just watching there, football. Saturday. Yeah. Well, we got to do my son's. Early. We got to do my son's birthday on that day. Oh, uh, so your wife. Then. Yeah. I'll so. tell your wife. Hey, 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 I'll, I'll watch the game with the son. You, you go have a ladies night. When I'm going to be working. She uh, needs to take true. care of our daughter. If my daughter starts crying, yeah. I'm not going to be able to go help her out so boy you're just a terrible husband huh i'm a great husband you <laughs> ass i've been married for it's no be- but like i work a rotational schedule as you well know having to do a podcast to find times to record so i'm on nights sometimes i'm on days calling in sick is not a thing i can truly do because there's nobody to replace you at the last minute it's not like there's a massive crew uh so my wife at this point with all having done this rotational schedule for pretty much the entire time we've been together She's very much used to wait till days off and then we celebrate whatever it is. Holidays, birthdays. She's used to that. I would think your wife is pretty used to if my birthday is on a Sunday, it's not my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I hate to be that guy, but it's kind of the truth. But anyway, that's a that's a few weeks from now. So we got we got time for that. But thank you to everybody. This week should be a good week. This should be a relaxing game. I said Boy, it on the I said it on the instant reacts. It should not be that hard to beat a team that doesn't score a touchdown. And, and I was nervous through a large part of that game. I think this week the Niners are going to get up. They're going to get up early, whether it's the offense getting on track or just the defense absolutely shutting the Panthers down, which would be good because it give them a little bit of a breather also. They were on the field for like 70 snaps against the Rams. But it uh, should back be to back, back to back weeks, actually. Yeah, it should be a good week for the 49ers. Win, lose, or draw, whatever happens, we'll be there with the Instant Reaction podcast. We still have the Gold Diggers podcast with Michelle coming up tomorrow. We're going to do the crossover podcast. I'm still a little bit sick, but we're still going to try and find and get that back up and running because I couldn't do it last week, which I apologize for. Darren Gant, uh, who covers the Carolina Panthers, is going to join us for that. So there's plenty more coming this week from Niners Nation. Levin, I hope you have a terrible weekend. Uh, I'll be working nights, so probably. There you go. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.